This is the Cafe American Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Michaels. I took a brief hiatus, a one-week hiatus, during Easter week. I didn't mean to, but I just couldn't get the chance to uh, actually be productive with the podcast. I have a day job, and that day job took so much goddamn time away from me that it was remarkable. I was ready. I was not a happy person last week. I'll tell you that much. Um, so, a lot have, of things have happened since the last time I did a broadcast. The Mueller report came out. We found out that no collusion, as I've been saying for three to four years by now. And of course, the Democrats are still trying to parse words, and they're really looking into the weeds on this one. They're, well, what's really the definition of is? And it clearly states here through inference, let that sink in, that, that Trump did obstruct justice. Uh, no, 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 no. This, this, this is not how this works. The only thing the Democrats are doing is Fat Jerry Nadler, who can't put down a sheet cake, the only thing they're trying to do is make sure that there is enough trouble for Trump to deal with so that he is distracted all the way until 2020. That's what this is all about, and I'll get into that more later. Uh, also, we're going to talk about uh, Blackwater. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not Blackwater anymore. I mean Academy. Oh, wait, it's not Academy. I mean Z. N no, it's it's not Z. Well, Talk about whatever Blackwater is calling itself now and discuss why Blackwater is still around. Uh, Google is tracking you. Whether you have your phone on or off, you're gonna, going to be tracked. And a smattering of other things, including the whole race argument with the Democrats, sloppy, icky, creepy Joe Biden joining the presidential nomination ring for the Democrats. Also, Iran, Sri Lanka, that moron, Rachel Maddow, who should stop doing a show on MSNBC and start a cover band for Weezer or Buddy Holly. Maybe she'd have better luck there. I don't know. And NASA. But first and foremost, before all of this, the Navy took out a patent in 2016 and oh what might this patent be well let me tell you this patent just so happens to be for an aircraft and this aircraft looks remarkably like diamond shaped ufos that people have been seeing over the past i don't know how many decades oddly enough now, that isn't the news here. I mean, so what? The Navy took out a patent on a plane that looks kind of odd. I mean, you could say that about almost any military plane that is not out there just yet. Pardon me while I take a sip. Mm-hmm. However, what's really unique about this plane is the way it, well, moves. Allow me to read you. Part of the patent. It is... Well, it's... <laughs> here's, here's a summary of it. Of the, uh, of the patent. 
And this comes from metro.co.uk. The article is entitled, The U.S. Navy Secretly Designed a Super-Fast Futuristic Aircraft Resembling a UFO. However, that's a big deal. This is what's important, what I'm about to read you now. Um, it is possible to reduce the inertial mass and hence gravitational mass of a system object in motion by an abrupt perturbation, perturbation ooh, that's a big one, of the nonlinear background of local space-time. Whoa! Those are a lot of $5 words in that sentence. Let's break it down. It is possible to reduce the inertial mass and hence the gravitational mass, meaning it is possible to reduce the weight of an object. And inertial mass reduce the mass caused by, or the weight or the force caused by inertia, okay, of an object in motion by an abrupt perturbation of a nonlinear background of local space time. What in God's name does that mean? It means that they are quite literally removing the object from the third dimension, the local space time, and allowing the plane to fly in its own space time bubble. Woof! Let's read that again. It is possible to reduce the inertial mass and hence the gravitational mass of a system object in motion by an abrupt perturbation of the nonlinear background of local space time. So, what that means is that this aircraft is going to go really fucking fast because it doesn't follow the same kinds of rules as the third dimension, dimensional reality that we're all in. It means it is cutting a hole into a, a almost like almost like this isn't going to, and I do not have a physics or particle physics or uh or meta metaphysics I do metaphysics uh or or what's string theory quantum physics I don't have a degree in any of those but essentially what's happening here is that they decide they've designed to create a system that almost allows the device or plane or whatever else to operate in a parallel space-time that does not follow the same rules as the third dimensional space-time. However, it is still this object is still aware of the rules and its surrounding in our third dimensional space-time. Are, are you kidding me? This and this is taken out in 2016, which means it was being tested four decades before that. The article continues The craft described in the patent features a cavity wall filled with gas, which is then made to vibrate using powerful electromagnetic waves. This then creates a vacuum around the craft, allowing it to propel itself at high speeds. So what they're doing is there is a cavity, so pockets within the craft and whatever kind of gas fills those pockets is charged with electromagnetic frequency waves that allows it to remove itself 
from our third dimensional space time and place itself in a parallel space time to move really quick. Now, you might ask yourself, uh, what else could this possibly do? <laughs> this is kind of a big deal. You're talking about removing objects from the third dimension and then, and then somehow moving them really quick to appear somewhere else in the third dimension. So this requires, this requires technology that removes an object from this local space-time, places it in another, and then has technology to rip open something else or rip open another hole, an opening, back into space-time. So this thing just doesn't wink itself out of existence and flies all across the multiverse into, on a metaphysical journey of enlightenment and truth-seeking. No, 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 no. This removes itself from the third dimension and, uh, and has technology to bring itself back into the third dimension, which means this, the implication here, is that they have developed technology that allows them to move back and forth across dimensions and get back. They can move to all sorts of parallel dimensions and get back. They are fucking with you. And they're fucking with the group consciousness in the multiverse. And we'll get back to that in a minute. Anyway. The UFO-style ship can be used in water, air, or even space. Ooh. And if we're removing it from the third-dimensional local space-time, it can move through dimensions. It is possible to envision a hybrid aerospace undersea craft, an HAUC for all of you strap hangers out there, which due to the physical mechanisms enabled with the inertial mass reduction device, uh, yeah, can function as a submersible craft capable of extreme underwater speeds and enhanced stealth capabilities. The hybrid craft would move with great ease through air, space, water by being enclosed in a vacuum plasma bubble sheath. Ladies and gentlemen, you're talking about a UFO, a stereotypical UFO. And I've all, I, I sometimes throw this out there, but I, f I firmly believe that mankind a future form of mankind has been constantly fucking with itself throughout history. And lo and behold, all of those events in, in, uh, over the course of in World War One, World War Two, the Napoleonics War, uh, so on and so forth, all of the events that you see and read about, that, oh, if it was a perfect alignment of the stars. That's why this side won the battle, because if this one thing did not happen, then the whole, no, 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 no. I sincerely believe that there is something bigger going on here. And we have multiple uh, factions of time travelers going back and forth into the time loop and fucking around with events to allow present time and potentially future time to be altered all of the time. All the time. How many times can I say time? Uh, you can look at the Mandela effect. 
Mandela effects supposedly started around when CERN was activated. CERN, C-E-R-N, is the big hadron collider below uh, France and Germany, I believe, in the Alsace-Lorraine region. Why Alsace-Lorraine? I don't know. We go back to World War I for that one. And also, if you're into the occult, you can find out that a very, very dark person by the name of Pindar. No, I'm not talking about the wine. Pindar apparently has a very large castle there. He is not necessarily human, but he's in the Alsace-Lorraine region. Uh, so there is something going on in the Alsace-Lorraine region. And the uh, Mandela effect started when they fired up CERN. And you have a group of people that remember Nelson Mandela of South Africa dying in prison. And another group of people remembering Nelson Mandela being freed from prison. I remember him as being freed from prison. And since that moment, you are starting to see more and more events that more and more people have opposite views on and opposite uh, ways of remembering those events. So there's something going on here with the time-space continuum memory thing. And a patent like this only goes to prove to you that, yes, they are fucking around with you. They've got a plane that charges gas with electromagnetic frequency that allows itself to remove itself and create a new local space-time so that it can travel through water, space, and air. That sounds an awful lot like Nazi UFOs that we've all heard about since the 1950s. You can read uh, one of the Majestic 12 reports, um, and they talk about how the Roswell crash, the big, big Roswell crash, how the Roswell crash, they're looking around, they're peeking through, and all of a sudden, uh, they find gears. So, so you're telling me these interdimensional, interstellar beings from another planet that have that have come up with technologies such as flying saucers are using gears that really doesn't make sense what does me oh and then after they found the gears they called in and apparently they also found german writing so they called in all of the scientists that they captured from germany at the end of world war ii during operation paperclip and said, uh, hey, fellas, do you uh, know anything about this? <laughs> and, and then you've got Argentina saying that they've found, they've discovered uh, the, 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 the mechanisms for creating an H-bomb and hyper, hyper, I forgot what they called it, but some hyperstellar travel or some shit like that in the 1950s. And, and everyone's going, how did this? Argentina? Well, it's because the Nazis were there the whole time. So this whole thing... Sounds a lot like the UFO thing, the UFO phenomenon that's been going on for decades, except finally somebody decided to place it out there in the form of a patent. And if this thing, like I said before, if this thing has the ability to create a new local space-time, a nonlinear background of local space-time, nonlinear background means there is no need from going to point A to point B in a straight line. There's no need to travel 55 minutes when you can just wink out of existence at 12.01 and appear a 1,000 miles away at 12.02. 
It is a non-linear background. You're not moving in a straight line. You're not moving across a graph. You're literally winking out of existence and allowing the craft to create a pocket of reality so that it travels quicker in this third dimension. Now, the, this just it, this is just the tip of the iceberg because if it's if it's doing that now we oh, we'll go into metaphysics physics a little bit with metaphysics which is the study of energy work and past lives and all of that fun stuff there you find out there is a multiverse and you can go into quantum physics like Michio Kaku who for some reason this brilliant person thinks that 911 was really caused by a couple of airplanes. I mean, God bless his soul. I, I suppose he got to where he is and famous because he toes the company line in some respects. But even Michio Kaku says, we live in a multiverse. And a multiverse is an infinite amount of realities occurring all at the same time. Hmm. Let... <laughs> so, okay... So if we have an unlimited amount of realities occurring at the same time, and supposedly there are 13 dimensions, that means there is an unlimited amount of 13-dimensional realities going on at the same time. Now, if you go back to metaphysics, like I said before, they validate all of this. And they also say that being that man is a creator and man has consciousness and existence, and is aware of its, uh, supposed to be aware of its higher purpose here. Mankind is a creator species, meaning if mankind wills it and thinks it, whatever it may be, it becomes reality. Also, there is group reality and group consciousness, and that means if enough people believe the same thing, then that one thing becomes reality. And the whole experiment of, uh, I believe they did this with chimpanzees, of course. What else would you do an experiment like this with? You uh, inform about 10% of the population of a certain idea or, or a certain trick or function or, or using a tool. And then by default, through the psychic connectivity in the species, the rest of that type of animal or species becomes aware of how to use that tool or aware of that technology, etc., so on and so forth, thought pattern, by default, by psychic default, by a subconscious awareness. So all it takes is 10% of a society or 10% of a species to be aware of certain concepts, and there you go. So being that we're, oh, and this is the other, this is the other fun part. In metaphysics like I said mankind is a creator species so that you can take you can trace that back to the Bible Bible stating that mankind was created in God's image well God created everything if we go uh, if we're following the biblical theme so if mankind can create everything and it is in God's image that mankind has been created metaphysics teaches us through hypnoregressions that if you as a person in your life going through the human experience come across a very very difficult decision to make so let's say you're dating somebody and you don't know whether or not to break up or stay with them you don't know whether to work it out or not work it out 
And then ultimately you say, you know what, I am going to stay with this person. I'm going to work it through and this is what happens. And so you go down that pathway in your reality tunnel. However, there was a massive decision-making process that took place for you on a personal level. And on a subconscious metaphysical level, there is a portion of your energy that has split off that pursues the reality of you breaking up with that person that you ultimately stayed with. So you understand how that works. You got an infinite amount of realities being set off and triggered through every decision that you make. And those uh, splintered off realities because of your decisions also are making decisions. And so there's an infinite amount of decisions going on from your infinite amount of realities that you created. So you can see how this is just enormous, an enormous concept. And it, it's even bigger than that. But layman's terms, we're talking about fractal reality. Look up a fractal if you, know what, if you don't know what that is. But you're talking about a fractal reality. If, if the government has objects like that, that allows it to create a new local nonlinear space-time, they're going to fuck with a lot of people's realities. Because they're... <laughs> you want to talk about Montauk Project on steroids. They have the technology to jump to other people's realities, to anybody's realities. You've got an Earth timeline, an alternate Earth timeline. They are doing it, and they are manipulating this current timeline all the time. And the, the great thing about all of this is, is that all of the other timelines that exist, the infinite amount of timelines, they're all existing at the same time. So people that say, oh, I'm going back and I'm going to do a hypnoregression to go into a past life. Well, they're not really going into a past life. They're just going into a parallel reality that just so happens to look like the French Renaissance, that just so happens to look like ancient Egypt. All of it is occurring at the same time. So this is a massive concept. And this patent, this patent has massive implications for what they could potentially be doing to the species as a whole on a grand scale. This has immense implications. So that's just some food for thought for everybody out there. And uh, keep that in your back pocket. So next time you see something a little bit out of whack and you say, I could have sworn I remembered a tree being there the other day. Well, now you've got something to think about. Maybe there actually was a tree there the other day. And some sort of alteration in reality occurred where that tree didn't make it pardon the sip so stuff that in your pipe and smoke it in other news deputy attorney general rosenstein submits resignation letter our nation is safer now this pen he's not a pencil neck that's chip but this four-eyed rodent rosenstein his real name should be rodenstein this little scoundrel, he, I mean, first off, his neck, he's, he's got a lizard neck, and he's got these droopy eyes, these fat lips, and a stupid look on his face, 
all the time. He is a rodent. He looks like he has a tail between his legs, and he has a wheel of cheese by him at all times. This MF is one of the people that authorized the FISA warrants to start illegally monitoring Donald Trump while he was a U.S. He still is a U.S. citizen that did nothing wrong. He did not collude with Russia. He didn't. None of it. It's all a lie. A big fat fib. And none of the Democrats are willing to admit it. And that's pretty sad because you got people like uh, numbnuts Biden in there now. So I, I did, now I'm going to read through some of this stuff. This is uh, I think the Wall Street Journal is reporting this uh, about him. He says, I'm grateful to you for the opportunity to serve, for the courtesy and humor you often display in our personal conversations, and for the goals you set in your inaugural, inaugural, inaugural address, patriotism, unity, safety, education, and prosperity. Mr. Rosenstein also does not believe in the Oxford comma. I always look down on people that don't use an Oxford comma. Look at them as filthy pigs. Productivity rose and crime fell. Our nation is safer. Our elections are more secure. And our citizens are better informed about covert foreign efforts and schemes to commit fraud, steal intellectual property, and launch cyber attacks. We also pursued illegal leaks investigated credible allegations of employee misconduct. That's an understatement. And accommodated congressional oversight without compromising law enforcement interests. Okay. So the issue with Rodenstein is that not only did he authorize the FISA warrants, and not only did he authorize the Mueller investigation, He's the one that signed off on it, Rodenstein. But Rodenstein also was seriously considering wearing a wire to record Donald Trump and entrap him in some way or other. And now all of a sudden, Rodenstein is out there. Oh, Donald Trump is one of the best people. He's so personable and we have now made this nation so much safer. Anybody, we can go out in the streets at 3 a.m. with our children and just walk and sing show to. Where the fuck is this asshole coming from? Seriously, where does this asshole get off saying all these things? This person is part of the problem. This person is part of the conspiracy. So this whole thing makes me think, one of two things. This whole rejection, uh, not reje resignation. This whole thing has, what, in my opinion, two outcomes. The first one being R Rodenstein is going to start, if not already, as I burp. Jeez. And then sniff on the microphone. <laughs> All right. This is not very professional broadcasting tonight, but what do you want from me? Uh, so Until I get paid, this is what you're fucking stuck with. So 
there's one or two possibilities. One, somebody got to Rodenstein and say, listen, you MF, we know what you did, and we have all of the dirty laundry that you're a part of, and we know where you buried the bodies. So you better start fucking squealing, or you're going to get thrown in prison. Choice is yours. Two, and subsequently, based upon his resignation letter, it seems like that may be the case. Two, this goes back to a theory that I've had over the course of the whole Mueller investigation thing. Mueller put in a whole bunch of Democrats to his team, rabid Democrats. He put in, what, who's, the, who's that uh, other uh, jackass, Weissman? This matzah-sucking moron created all sorts of laws during the Enron days. And so all of the implications that the Democrats are taking from the Mueller report are basically implications that Weissman made based upon the laws that he wrote during the Enron era. Weissman is the architect of of the Mueller report. Mueller is just the face of the report. That's all it is. So all the Democrats getting mad at Mueller, no, don't get mad at Mueller, get mad at Weissman because he is the one that did not throw the appropriate book at the president. Not only because there was no uh, Russia collusion, but because he's using the wrong laws. He's trying to use obscure laws to go after the president and they don't apply. It doesn't work. So they chose the wrong man for the job. That's one. Two. The second possibility is this. This is a theory that I've that I've thrown out there for quite some time. I never really get into it, but I, I throw it out there. Being that Mueller threw a whole bunch of Democrats on the Mueller investigation team. And the Mueller investigation team had no sunset date. They could go on forever if they want. They had no jurisdiction. They can look into anything they wanted to look at. They had no budgetary constraints. It could go on forever, more than the $30 million. They can subpoena anybody. They can subpoena any record. They can go after anybody. It. They had a blank check. I would not be surprised. If one of the functions, if not the main function of the Mueller investigation was to look into Clinton crimes to determine what needs to be covered up. They weren't going after Trump. The Mueller team, I would not be surprised. Now, this is if we're going, if we're playing devil's advocate here and going down the second route. I would not be surprised if the Mueller report did a whole bunch of investigating into the Clintons. And by investigating the Clintons, they were finding out what loose ends needed to be tied up with all of the cheating that the Clintons were take, were doing. That the Democratic National Committee, what laws were they breaking and what laws needed to and what what broken laws needed to be covered up? How can they cover up the money laundering, the pay for play? From the Clinton Foundation, where all of these countries are donating hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Bill Clinton's going off to Russia, getting paid $500,000 for one hour, and then meeting with Vladimir Putin in a private residence afterwards. But you want to talk about Donald Trump and Russian collusion. No, I think, I seriously think the Mueller report, or the Mueller investigation, was partially put into place to go after and cover up any sort of Democrat National Committee tracks, any sort of uh, more re Democrat-leaning Republican tracks, any sort of money laundering and law-breaking, uh, and uh, you know, just countless other things that the Clintons did. Possibly even human trafficking. There's a lot of that going on with the Clintons. Another person associated with the Clintons got arrested recently for human trafficking and child trafficking. So that's what I think. And in order to placate the masses and throw them a little bone and some red meat every now and then, they, they would go after, you know, regular just schmucks, just schmucks. Within the Trump campaign, Manafort, Cohen, you know, the, all those guys, to let the people believe that there's some sort of collusion. Allow people to believe and infer that there may be some collusion with Russia, when in reality there is zero evidence of it. Oh, the, the Trump Tower meeting. Well, let me tell you about the Trump Tower meeting. The chick that went over there to meet with everybody... She was hired by Fusion GPS. And Fusion GPS was the firm that the Clintons and the Democrats hired to create the Christopher Steele dossier. And it just so happens that the Russian chick that met everybody in the Trump Tower meeting, the supposed Russian honeypot, that had everybody up in arms and said everybody in the Trump campaign is compromised now because they met with her. She met with Glenn Simpson, who is the founder and CEO, maybe not the founder, but the CEO of Fusion GPS. She met with him before and after the Trump meeting. And then the Mueller report also forgets to mention how all of these other people that misfood that guy this other guy, Dear Love. So, and you can find all these other people. The Mueller report categorizes these people as foreigners. They don't tell you that all of the people that were trying to goad the Trump campaign into going into essentially conspiring and committing treason by getting information from a foreign country, right? They don't tell you that all of these middlemen that supposedly Trump's team was meeting with, they don't tell you that those people were hired by the FBI and were they, they've been working for the FBI and the CIA and MI6 for decades. The Mueller report conveniently leaves that out because if it included that, then you've got a breadcrumb trail that says, oh, wait a minute. This certainly does look like the FBI is paying people to try to entice Trump's team to commit treason or conspiracy. But Mueller, he doesn't put that in there because that would not be good for the Democrat narrative. And right now, the Democrats know that they don't have anybody to go against Trump. They know it. I mean, who, who's out there? You've got you've got 
Booty Geek, Booty Butt Cheeks. You've got Kamala Harris. You've got Kirsten Gillibrand. You've got this one. You got that one. You got Bernie Sanders, which I like Bernie Sanders, even though he's got three homes and says whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. And then you've got Joe Biden. Joe Biden? Really? This is what we're going with? Joe Biden. I I mean, ugh. 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 The Hill reported that Joe Biden is enjoying a double-digit lead over the rest of the Democrat field. A CNN SRSS poll. Okay, so immediately you think CNN, guess what? This is going to be a poll that is clearly geared toward maintaining the status quo, making sure that Donald Trump will never poll positively, and also ensure that the establishment candidate within the Democrat field is going to be the one that is nominated. They are going to perform a psychological operation yet again. And to Donald Trump's credit, he tweeted the other day that Bernie Sanders better watch out because the Democrats are going to railroad him just like they did in 2016. They're already setting Bernie Sanders up to fail. And you know what I hope? I hope, I hope to God that Bernie Sanders is the nominee. I seriously do. Because last time when they were polling who would win against Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders beat Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders is the only person out there that is raising money via grassroots. And don't talk to me about Joe Biden and just strap hanger Joe riding into work on the metro just like everybody else. Listen, this dumb MF is taking money from lobbyists. He's taking money from PACs. He's not making grassroots. He's not getting grassroots donations. He's not getting it. You know, here or there, I'm sure. But most of his money is coming from, I, you know, corporation. They're all, it's all that. So the only person on the Democrat side that comes close to Donald Trump is Bernie Sanders. And I'll tell you why. Donald Trump, ever since the Mueller report got released, has raised an inordinate amount of cash. The guy is rolling in the money. He goes to bed at night on a big pile of cash. And he lights up cigars, assuming he smokes, with $100 bills and wipes his ass with $1,000 bills. He has raised so much money. And the majority, I think 95% of those donations are 200 bucks and less. That is insane. insane. Over 30, I think over $75 million now, I think, ever since the Mueller report got released. From 200 bucks and less. That's a massive amount of people to raise that much money. Bernie Sanders is the only one that comes close in that regard. Bernie Sanders is the one that's getting money from the grassroots. Bernie Sanders is the one that's actually resonating with millennials. But the Democrats are not for the millennials. They don't care. The Democrats like to portray themselves as the woke crowd. We are all about the younger people. 
and we want to make sure there is a brighter future with enough social nets so that anybody that is down on their luck can step right up and pick themselves up by the bootstraps. No firearms. No guns. And Russia. So, yeah, I mean, but, but Bernie Sanders is the only one that comes close to Donald Trump raising that amount of money from grassroots sources. So the poll is, uh, let's see. Biden leads Vermont independent Bernie Sanders by 24 points and 39% of the Democrat electorate versus 15%. The poll revealed an 11-point surge for Biden over the last month, despite, by the way, all of the pictures and videos of Joe Biden acting really fucking weird around women. When 28% of the Democrats said that they would vote for him in the primary. Mm hmm. Only 36% of Democrats said that they are dead set on their choice for a president. CNN is reporting Biden's lead extends across the most major demographic or political group, though it shrinks some among the younger voters. Mm hmm. And also whites. Still, only about a third of potential Democratic voters with a preference in the race say that they will definitely back a candidate that they will whatever. The, uh, the, uh, whatchamacallit. Oh, yeah, Elizabeth Warren is still running. Forgot about that. So, you know, you can, if you go to predict it, uh, you can bet on who's going to be the candidate. And so far, uh, we've got Joe Biden. Joe Biden is winning, followed by Bernie Sanders is going to be the can uh, candidate. And uh, Kamala Harris is in third. So ever since he decided to come out there and regular Joe, just, just enough. You know, you want to talk about regular Joe? I'll tell you about regular Joe. Regular Joe is up to his fucking eyeballs in the Ukraine because he's forcing politicians to fire attorney generals that are looking into his son. Because his son is playing fast and loose and breaking the law in the Ukraine through energy deals. So Biden, while he's vice president, is going into the Ukraine and saying, no, 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 no. If you want the billions of dollars, I want you to fire the attorney general that's investigating my son. Biden, you want to talk about foreign influence. Biden's son is working for a company. That is being paid billions, with a B, billions of dollars from Chinese companies. Now, as we all know, if it's a Chinese company, you can bet dollars to donuts that the Chinese government is involved in there, too. So there's not Russian collusion. There's more than likely Ukrainian collusion and Chinese collusion. Joseph Biden. What an idiot. Pat Buchanan. My boy, Pat. Who, when he, he Pat Buchanan, uh, he was in the Nixon White House. And uh, he ran for president, I think, in the early 90s. And uh, people, 
people would play clips of Adolf Hitler whenever Pat Buchanan would speak. So that was a funny little bit, but oddly enough, Pat Buchanan sounds like the more reasonable person out here uh, being an old school Republican. Anyway, Pat Buchanan wrote, as I swallow loudly into the microphone, um, he wrote, no, it's not anything dirty. It's, 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 it's a drink, an adult beverage. So Pat Buchanan wrote about Joseph Biden. And he said, as a senator from Delaware in the 70s, Biden had bashed busing to achieve racial balance in public schools as stupid and racist. As chairman of Senate Judiciary in the hearings on the nomination of Clarence Thomas in 1991, Biden had been dismissive of the charges by Anita Hill that the future justice had sexually harassed her. Company man, shall I say. In 1994, Biden had steered to passage a tough anti-crime bill that led to a dramatic increase in the prison population. Crime went down as U.S. prisons filled up, but Biden's bill came to be seen by many African Americans as discriminatory. So do we really think that Joe Biden is going to survive all of this? He's telling rape victims or sexually harassed. I shouldn't say rape because I don't know if it's rape, but we can say sexually harassed. He's telling sexually harassed women, uh, pipe down, pipe down, shut up. He's passing laws and supporting laws that allow minorities to get more easily locked up in prisons, probably for-profit prisons. So the judges have a vested interest in making sure people that aren't really committing crimes get thrown in prison because the prisons are profiting from, the, I mean, the prisons are supporting the judges. Keep that in mind. And so with all of this, Pat Buchanan says, acting on the adage that your best defense is a good offense, Biden decided to tear into President Donald Trump for giving aid and comfort to white racists his announcement video began with the footage of 2017 white supremacist rally in charlottesville highlighting Trump's with those words said biden the president of the united states assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it in that moment i realized that the threat of to this nation was unlike any i had seen in my lifetime and to Pat Buchanan's credit, cut it out, Joe. This is just not credible. Even he cannot believe Trump had in mind the neo-Nazis and Klansmen chanting, Jews will not replace us, when Trump said there were fine people on both sides. If this were truly a road to Damascus moment for Biden, calling forth a new resolve to remove so morally obtuse a resident of the Oval Office, why did he have to agonize so long before getting in the race? Aha. Why was that? Why was that? You're going, mark my words, the whole gist of this article that Pat Buchanan is bringing up is that they are going to run on race. 
still old two fucking white guys that are running for president, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. However, what are you going to say against Donald Trump if you support the narrative? Unemployment is at all-time lows. The economy is running on a V12 engine. Everyone has a job. There are more jobs than unemployed people. No, that's not fucking true. Because what they say, they only look at unemployed people and they look at and they but they don't tell you about the people that are not looking anymore. And if you total those two numbers up, it's worse than 2008 for the amount of people out of the workforce. So he's saying essentially, Pat Buchanan, that Biden is going to make this about race. And you already see little bits and pieces of this. The first one is, as Kellyanne Conway pointed out, and she's got a, a horribly fat husband, George Conway. Kellyanne Conway pointed out, and I happen to agree with her. Why didn't Joe Biden want Obama's support? Why didn't Joe Biden get Obama's um, uh, endorsement? What's the purpose behind that? Oh well, I didn't want it. I didn't want it to look like I. I was just another guy in the no joseph biden his only claim to fame was being vice president for uh, uh, obama for eight years he did so many amazing things obama uh, i mean the affordable care act 30 million people now have insurance that they can't fucking use because i was on uh, obamacare insurance for a while when I was running my own business, nobody would accept that shit except the hospital. And now you see, well, we need to pass more comprehensive health care, uh, Medicare for all, because we've got 30 million people that do not have insurance. I thought the Affordable Care Act took care of 30 million people. Now we have another 30 million people that aren't insured. Where did that come from? They, they were touting the 30 million number again. You, got, you have to watch for that. There were 30 million people uninsured for Obamacare. They got it passed, and now there's another 30 million people that aren't insured? Where did that come? No, stop it. You're bullshitting me. So why doesn't Joe Biden have Obama's endorsement? Because I will tell you, this race is going to be about race in the Democrat Party and then the Democrat versus the Republican, Donald Trump. It's going to be about race. Barack Obama is not going to endorse an old white guy, even though this old white guy is the one that backed him up throughout all of his presidency. Just not going to happen, especially with all the kid-touching Barack Obama is going to throw his endorsement behind a person of color, whoever that may be, or a female. He's not going to give it to an old white guy. And don't even tell me that Joe Biden is being honest by, oh, I didn't want uh, Obama's endorsement. No. No. Not a chance. 
You're telling the vice president doesn't want Obama is supposed to be what people have wet dreams over. He's so charming and dashing and debonair. A true president. That president bombed more brown people than George Bush. That president allowed the bankers to get away with murder. That president even said there was no way that Russia could hack the election. It's just not possible, he said. And then he's out there, oh, no, people that lead from fear. Uh, just shut up, fucking idiot. So Biden more than likely tried to go after Obama's endorsement, and he did not get it. He did not get it. So this is why I'm thinking, I'm thinking that if Biden gets if Biden gets the nomination, done deal for Trump. Done deal. Biden hasn't run successfully against anybody. Anybody. Lord knows how he was uh, a senator for so long. And just strap hanging on the way to work in the metro. Got his brown paper bag lunch. Fucking idiot. Now, this is going to be about race. And it is going to probably be a female person of color or a gay man, a gay white man, because that's the only way that's the only way that a white man in the Democrat Party is going to get nominated. Mark my word. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Some of my best friends happen to. Mark my words on that. Mark my words. There's too much uproar and furor from the Democrat base and Twitter for them to nominate a white guy. It's a straight white guy, an old straight white guy. But that will never happen. That's why Booty Geek is Booty Geek, whatever his name is. That's why he's out there because he's gay and he went through the military and he's a Rhodes Scholar and he went to Harvard. And he went to Oxford. So he is an establishment candidate. He knows all about the deep state. Naval intelligence? Some mayor from Podunk, Indiana, or wherever the fuck he's from, is now one of the leads in the Democratic presidential nomination process? Really? So, yeah. And to, uh, let's see, to go along with the whole race thing, Campus Reform is reporting that Trinity College professor is in hot water. His name is Johnny E. Williams. Thanks, Mr. Williams. He tweeted, whiteness is terrorism. Obviously, Mr. Williams is a person of color. All self-identified white people, no exceptions, are invested in and collude with systematic white racism and white supremacy. I'm, and he goes on because he, <laughs> Williams, to his credit, also called out uh, uh, the Obamas. And he told the Hartford Current, 
I'm referring to Turning Point USA leader Candace Owens's other and less brazen, more insidious, dangerous white Negroes. Negroes spelled K-N-E-E-G-R-O-W-S. Like Barry and Michelle Obama. At least he called them by his right name, not Barack. And many other white Negroes you encounter daily. He's basically calling the Obamas a bunch of Uncle Toms. Oh boy. That's what he's calling the Obamas. Everyone really questions, even liberals, why is he still there, the student said, or a student from Trinity College. I think that's the kind of question a lot of people are asking now. If you think any of blah, blah, blah. He, so uh, the students really don't give a shit. But the point is, is that you see a lot of these so-called intelligentsia within the college uh, system that are awfully racist against white people. And, you know, oh, you've got white privilege. Go ahead. Live my fucking life. Tell me how much privilege I got. Please, let me know. You want to be a, you want to be a middle class white? I can't even consider myself middle class. You want to be in my shoes? God bless. Go ahead. Have fun. Go to town. And thank God. Do, does everybody remember Jussie Smollett? Jussie Smollett is out there. He's looking for the real perpetrator. We know who the real perpetrators are, you dumbass. You wrote a fucking check that said for mugging equipment. You idiot. Thankfully, ex-appellate judge Sheila O'Brien, and this is why we're going to see more and more race stories about this, said that, well, Kim Fox, who was the Chicago state attorney, who somehow got 16-count felony indictments reduced to nothing for Jussie Smollett after the Obamas gave her a call, she's being investigated by a federal prosecutor, thankfully. Fox's conflict in this matter, conflict of interest, is beyond dispute, said O'Brien, adding that Fox should have sought appointment of a special prosecutor. Instead, Fox misled the public into believing that Smollett's case was handled like any other prosecution without influence. Thank fucking God. Did you ever listen to, to Fox after she got Jussie Smollett off the hook? Did you ever listen to her? She's tap dancing around. Well, you know, it's his first time. And a lot of first time, Kate, it's just the same thing. Nothing really happens. These people just get let off the hook. No problem. It's, it's, it's just nothing. No, it is something, sweetheart. Jussie Smollett tried to start a race war after a lot of his so-called threats weren't believed in the, stu in, the, in the studios that he was working in. So he decided to escalate it. And let me tell you something. What kind of Trump supporter is going to be, one, in the south side of Chicago, Two, in the south side of Chicago at three in the morning or two in the morning. Three, eating Subway 
in the south side of Chicago at 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning wearing MAGA hats. Yeah. Okay. Stupid. What a fucking idiot. That whole, they that deserves to be investigated all over again. Deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. And so th- it appears as though, and I'm going to leave you with this because I'm trying not to go too far over an hour because after a while, people just get sick and fucking tired of listening to me all the damn time for an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minutes, I did one, I think. Because I'm a, I am a broadcast professor. Not to steal a line from somebody. However, it seems as though that a lot of backlash is occurring against the Democrats. Fucking finally, after two years of nonsense and bullshit, we finally have a dose of reality for these morons. So, earlier this week, The Nation's Aaron Matei. Now, I am not, you know, they have all of these rags like the bulwark. The bulwark is the new iteration of, I believe it was the nation or the national standard or the the national review, national standard, one of them. William Crystal and Max Boot, never Trumper Republicans who sound a lot like Democrats when they speak. They're the ones that run the bulwark. The, the bulwark is there to promote endless war, endless support, and unquestioning loyalty to a certain state in the Middle East with a Mediterranean coastline and... You have all of these other magazines like The Nation, The Atlantic. The Nation is more conservative. The Atlantic is – I used to read The Atlantic. It used to be good. They have a couple of old – every once in a while they had some uh, good pictures like World War II pictures, 1950s pictures. They had some good stuff when it came to that. But now they've turned into this anti-Trump, never Trump, never going to question the narrative – not going to do homework type of rag. So the nation's Aaron Matei decided to take on Rachel Maddow. And I loved every single fucking tweet of it. Because Rachel Maddow is one of those assholes that day and night, it we've reached a turning point. Trump will be impeached. Mueller has found something. She was fucking, she had a fucking vibrator up her snatch that was hooked up to a car battery the night that she learned that Mueller, the Mueller report was handed off to somebody and it was going to be released very soon. You should hear the clips from her. She is in ecstasy for, oh my God, I I stopped my fishing trip. And I left Western Massachusetts to come down here into this studio in the middle of nowhere to broadcast to you. And then she goes on and on about this report was handed to so-and-so. So-and-so took a look at it and said, yes, I need to give it to this person. And this person does it to this. And she just eats up the quarter hours with nonsense, with nonsense and narration and inference and on and on and on. She is the one that came there day after day and said Russia colluded with, with Trump. 
and Russia is is the one behind Trump's power, and Russia is the one that did this, and Trump is going to be impeached day in and day all day two years she did this. Aaron Matei says, I have had enough. He says, one, if YouTube well, let's say let's start from the beginning. Rachel Maddow tweeted, "Death by algorithm." YouTube recommended Russia Today for understanding the Mueller report. More than likely, the Russia Today website and news article is more truthful than anything, than anything, this clam diver Rachel Maddow ever, ever broadcast over these past two years. So what she's saying is she's trying to snowflake shame YouTube by saying, oh, Russia Today was recommended for understanding the Mueller report. Shut up. Aaron Matei responded to that. If YouTube were to recommend your show, meaning the Rachel Maddow show, it'd be recommending the leading purveyor of now debunked Trump-Russia conspiracy theories, falsehoods, and innuendo of the last two years. Here's a sample. Just recently, you were caught in real time lying to your audience. You claimed Barr, Attorney General, was handling the redactions by himself. But the Chiron, or uh, on screen below, which, which shows a number of pages with, uh, with omissions, told viewers the truth that Mueller was in fact assisting with the redactions. There was a time in January 2017 when you speculated that Putin may use the P-tape and other compromise to force Trump into withdrawing U.S. troops near Russia. How did that one turn out? For those of you that don't know, part of the whole Russia conspiracy is that Putin had compromising videotape of Trump hiring prostitutes to piss on the bed that Barack Obama supposedly slept in. And then subsequently, Trump pissed on the bed, and then had an orgy with all the women. That's the P-tape. Four. Matei continues. By the way, just last week, you literally last week, you falsely said that one thing I refused to let myself think about was that Putin had tapes of Trump. The very prospect you had previously floated to posit that Putin may blackmail Trump into withdrawing troops. Who could forget that time? This past winter, when you seized on life-threatening cold temperatures to fearmonger that Russia could kill Americans by knocking out their heat. Matei is referring to a story that supposedly was reported. Well, it was reported that supposedly Russian had attacked infrastructure. I'm thinking, where was it? Like New Hampshire or Vermont or something like There was a power outage. So all the Democrats, oh, this was Russia, they hacked the grid, and they knocked out because they don't like our freedom. And it turned out it was fucking nothing. And the power company came out there and said, no, that no, there's no evidence of Russia doing anything. There's no evidence of anything happening other than a normal fuck up. Of course, Rachel Maddow glommed onto that and said we're under attack. Matei continues, there was the time when you explored the scenario under which Putin 
gives orders, quote unquote, to his puppet Trump at an upcoming meeting. Do you think Putin ordered Trump to stage a coup in Venezuela, try to kill the German-Russia gas pipeline, nix the INF treaty? All things that Russia would not like to happen. How about the time when you speculated, citing the Steele dossier, that Cohen billed Trump $50,000 for tech services to pay off Russian hackers? It was actually to pay a U.S. firm. How about when you suggested that Putin has gotten Trump to bleed out the FBI? If Mueller and the FBI found proof of that, I missed that report. I missed that part in the Mueller report. How about the time when you speculated that Putin installed Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State? Or when you claimed that the White House edited out a key question from the Trump Putin presser? The White Excuse me, the WP showed that to be false. And the result of the live audio switching issue. You never corrected your mistake. Then there was the time when you lamented the suspension of U.S. war games in Korea and speculated that it was the fault of Putin. Have you ever forgotten or gotten to the bottom of your new scrutiny on Russians at Trump's inauguration in January 2017? a.k.a. a Russian couple who posted a video of their attendance. Posting video and happen and just just because you're Russian does not mean, does not mean that there is Russian influence. She is such a smug POS. I can't stand her. I'm just looking at pictures of her on this. Just a smug, arrogant asshole. A sanctimonious, pious hypocrite. Ugh. Go back into the river and catch all the fish you want in one form or another. Matei says, based on the sample alone, dare I say that your coverage of Trump Russia very much amounts to the deliberate trafficking in unreality. Do you think maybe that declaring that a fake Bernie Sanders page run out of Albania amounted to international warfare against our country, quote-unquote, was perhaps a little hyperbolic? Maybe you blew it out of the water a little bit? How about when you speculated that Maria Butina may have played a role in the secret Russian government plot to funnel money to the NRA in order to influence the 2016 election? How did that pan out? So on and so forth. He goes on and on and on. Rachel Maddow's ratings have plummeted. Thank God. I mean, finally, people are waking up. She's a horrible human being. Horrible. Only, listen, if I can put the dots together on all this over the past two years and come up with nothing when it comes to Russian collusion and Russian influence and obstruction of justice, so on and so forth, if I can do it, I'm pretty sure some moron like Rachel Maddow, when she's sitting out there in the stream pontificating and pondering the mysteries of the universe, I'm pretty sure she can put that together too. And I'm pretty sure she's part of the effing problem because she is the one that is perpetrating the lie. She and people like her at the Atlantic, at the Bulwark, they are the ones that are tearing this country apart. They're the ones 
that are continuing the inference of conspiracy. And they're the ones that are pushing this world to the brink of a third world war. Only because they're offended that their chosen candidate didn't win the election in 2016. If bullets start flying, you only have these types of people to thank. And that's it for me. I am Chris Michaels for the Cafe Americane podcast. You can find me on Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes if I haven't been kicked off yet. Until next week, you've been listening to the Cafe Americane podcast.